0: a professional stuntman Walk in the streets and always smell like an onion Look at the program, my body, soul, land Make it strong as the wind in Chicagoland And we're getting stronger every day We're all in the Strength Faction crew So get your chips and
1: load your hips Because our mission is to bring out the best in you, in you, in you
0: hey everybody welcome to another episode of quick hits i'm your host mike conley we got wes Showdub, show walter and rossy poops oberlin
1: yeah.
0: joining us today we're going to review our weeks and share a lesson that we we learned from the week how we
1: doing boys
2: pdg pretty damn good
1: oh i like that I am blessed. It's Friday. I'm leaving for Mexico in a few days. So that'll be nice. Cool. Yeah. Where in Mexico. Are you going? Uh, This bougie part called Cabo St. Lucas. One of my best buddies is getting married and I'm in the wedding and stuff. So, yeah. All all inclusive. Yep. Uh, yeah. Super bougie. Like way. I'm like, I'm going to get kicked out. And he's like, no, nah, don't worry. You want to stay in the wedding party. I was like, OK. Why would yeah, you get that, kicked out? Keep you in. Because I only, I don't know, I only pack my Speedo, I'm going to wear a luchador mask, like that kind of (laughs) shit. I don't know. I probably won't, but, you know.
0: To the contrary, I think you're going to be a celebrated guest there. Yeah.
1: Yeah. When there, I'm changing my name to L Show Dub, but yeah. (laughs) With a little (laughs) thing over the D. (laughs) An Enya? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and then yeah, that thing. For yeah, the D, which doesn't I, it doesn't, yeah.
2: Well then <laughs> the U how I don't it know. works. No, 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 it's good. Just put it over the D. Yeah, <laughs> you'll you be like, how's that work? Be like, it's up to you to figure it out. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you'll you'll probably uh, you'll get a lot of attention. For sure. <laughs> All inclusives are great if the food is good. Mm. Sure.
2: Yeah, I've
1: never that's, been to
0: that's before. the difference like, maker, eh? That's, right? that's yeah, I, I never had been to a in All inclusive, uh, before my wife and I we were dating at the time, but we went to a wedding down in Mexico and said, in All inclusive, and, and the food was good. But I heard, lo- I heard a you lot, I heard a lot of eat. horror stories. I heard a lot of horror stories of like people, they're like, you're trapped, you're on this resort, and you can't get any good food, like um, what the
2: fire festival or whatever.
0: Yeah, here's a Here's a cheese sandwich. Cheese sandwiches. In <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> uh, a Jaw Rule picture.
2: Everybody just liked that so much because people just like seeing hoity-toity rich people uh, suffer by having to live like normal people. And I, I just feel like that was like, I, that felt like it was cathartic for so much of the U.S.
0: Yeah. So much of the world
2: to see that.
0: <laughs> and it really sums up like there's so many life lessons there. Like, oh, nothing yeah. nothing is as easy as you might think it is yep uh and then be careful what you wish for because <laughs> I, I i actually did feel bad for the people after i chuckled i, I chuckled a little bit We all chuckled. yeah bit. it was it was funny but then i was like all right get them out of there
2: <laughs> they're freaking out man yeah right? get them out of they're there losing it i know they're fine but they're losing it
0: i don't want to see anyone get hurt just get yeah. them out of there
1: <laughs> hilarious what do we got this week boys You to go first or you want me to go first ross i'll go first all right i have two things there um go. i'll keep them relatively short because the first one i've touched on here before i believe but uh speaking of this trip Right. It can be stressful, especially when you're an independent coach and you a lot of your income probably is eat what you kill, all that jazz. But I have now systems in place for when I go where I have conversations with everybody and either a like my clients. I mean, uh, I modify their programming if they feel confident and I have them do stuff on their own based off what they have access to and stuff like that and or B, I partner them up with a trusted trainer friend of mine, and they can log into my stuff and do it. So I took care of all that. And three, and this is the most mostly the stressor for me is the uh, the programming aspect. So Tuesday is when I typically don't coach as much. And I literally knocked out everybody's shit that is upcoming so that when I come back, I don't have anything to worry about in terms of the programming aspect of things. So that was a nice like Pre, I kind of go over the top with it. Like I almost pat it and write it out so far that I don't have to geek out about it when I get back and I make sure my schedule is good. I triple check. So all oh, that's good. I won't have any like, oh, God, we're going back. And what's my schedule and this and that stuff. Um, and then, two, I had a great conversation for a while with one of my mentees in Faction, which Ross can attest to this. But I feel like we have a great crew of like first timers this time oh, yeah, the we calls do. the engagement's been good we like definitely do people are like you know telling us like oh my god the video was great like I couldn't make the call but I watched this thing and I implemented what you talked about or I've had a conversation with this person so like it feels good to know that I mean I know we help people but it's just very reaffirming and yesterday's particular conversation was with a Philly trainer actually um about her packaging and pricing and all this stuff and we started talking and then I brought up her, I said, listen, you can do what you want to do, but she had basically, she had too many options. She had like three package options and she had some monthly option and all this other shit. And I, and she was like flustered about how it was a lot to manage. And I was like, dude, I was like one of them, I said, one, pick one of those options. Do not have more than two ways of like, you know, you month to month or one-on-one, whatever. And I said, two, narrow that down to three, because for whatever reason, I've heard this many times from other business folks, faction peeps, but if it's something with like, if it's more than three options, people piss around too much. If it's two options or less people feel too boxed in. So three's the sweet spot. And she was just picking up what I was putting down. She was like, that's what I was thinking. Like, thank you guys so much last week after watching the programming stuff, I already started implementing, you know, uh, this, that, and the other thing, my clients notice it, they're loving it. So it's just, um, it Feels good to like you know get that pat on the back that we we're helping people and you know I'm not just getting paid to look pretty so there's that <laughs> um, so that's my two cents but yeah Ross no but it, you're you're yeah. totally right Wes it's it's great to
2: see them taking action and and engaging and uh, and 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 that's props because there's people from past semesters that are on the calls but like in the general just everybody in this current class is taking action and kicking ass like you said
1: right and like and again people do what they want to do but it's cool for people to like join a group or do a course but just do it to say they did it and not actually engage yep and it's cool to see people like it's not just that they're getting their money's worth but like they it makes us better as well because we're like helping them and you know it creates more buzz and all that happy horse shit so so that's cool but yeah i mean you go next
2: all righty so my big uh kind <clears> of <throat> revelation and not so much revelation I guess reminder in the past few weeks is is how much that attitude of um, and I'm going to take an overused term here but ownership uh, is the key and i'm gonna i'm going to kind of talk about a specific instance where I had that aha moment but as you're listening to this if you're a one-on-one coach or trainer this doesn't so much relate to your staff but it relates to the people that you coach and train and I'll bring it back to that but we now, I'll I'll say it here. I know I've said it before, but on this recording, that like my team is awesome. I love my coaches. They're they're fantastic, but you know, a couple things have kind of slipped in the past week, right? And and nothing major, but stuff that kind of is leading in a direction of of not us being at our best, right? And so I got a little frustrated with it, and you know, kind of was in my head and kind of working through like and they screwed this thing up and they they're not paying attention to this and they're not taking the due diligence to this thing. And, you know, all, all that mindset of what my employees or what my team is not doing and how they are in the wrong and, and, and all that sort of stuff. And <laughs> you can't, the problem with that attitude, regardless of how you implement it or apply it is then there's nothing to be done. You essentially mm. like put the ability to rectify anything in that situation onto the other person's court and most of the time they don't even know that you have an expectation of them to fix or rectify anything so it's like a lot of times it doesn't matter who's at fault like if you want the situation rectified or or fixed you have to take ownership and and you have to engage and take action and so here my frustration then turned. and again I I let myself off the hook because I need I want to make progress not wallow but my frustration then turned to myself on I obviously did not communicate to my team why this stuff is so important. Mm. They understand that it is important and I know it is well within their capacity to do these things, but I didn't explain why it's so important and why not doing it actually screws up a lot of stuff that's outside of maybe what's in their direct view. That's my responsibility. It's my fault that I didn't do that. And once I do that, now I have some action I can take. I can go to them and talk and say, hey, this thing happened. That's not what we want to have happen. And here's why it's an issue here's what we'd like to see going forward, right? And we can have a conversation. It's not me pointing my finger and shouting. And now our team can progress and move forward. But that can only happen if I come from a place of being like, sincerely, not just giving lip service, but sincerely believing like, had I handled this better previously, and gone at this differently and communicated it, it it could have been better. Now, we love culture of ownership. So the hope, right, is that the team—they're not going. Yep, it was his fault, one hundred percent. This ownership culture then brings it to where they're going to go. Wow, okay, he's taking ownership. He's not blaming me, but also, what could I have done differently in there? And theres something is some—is there something I could take ownership of, right? But it's—it can't be me telling them. It has to be shown, and I think that's such a key thing. It's so essential. And as much as I've been bought into it and as life-changing as that has been for me, I still have to come back and remind myself to do it because our default patterns pull us out of that a lot. And it feels a lot nicer to just blame somebody else for some shit and be like, it's not my fault. I definitely couldn't have done anything differently there that would have fixed this and made this a non-issue. So take that reminder, even if you know, even if you're bought into that concept, I guess that was my reminder to myself and my reminder to anybody listening to take to to engage with that. And uh, a quick example that I can give in the gym is uh, we, we had one big vertical plate storage, right? Those cubes that you can put bars into vertically. And we got some new bars in the gym and all of a sudden we were beyond capacity. There were more bars that could fit in that storage in that and the other storage things and the racks, like with all the things we had, there were still like two bars that would have to be set on the floor. So that went on for a, a stretch of time, and how much that, does that
0: drive you absolutely bonkers? Oh,
2: totally, totally bonkers, yeah, absolutely like, bonkers, right? I, I hate, I hated it, and and everything as you all know with with COVID, things are still on a delay. So it took so long to get the fucking just a cube with nine holes in it that can put bars in. So yeah. it eventually comes in, and I finally, I'm so excited, I get it in, I pull it over, I set it up. And I walk into the gym the next, it's set up, all the bars are in, it's perfect, I leave, I feel real great about myself, I come back in the next day, and there are bars on the floor again. And I'm like, hey, what's going on here? And, and the coaches were like, um, you know, we, we, they were like, oh, somebody must have like put it down there and whatever, and like, can you believe it? And I pause them, I, I stopped them, I was like, no, 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 that's not their responsibility. People are coming to us, and some of them fully acknowledge, they don't know what the fuck is going on in the gym, they don't know what to do, where to go, how to be. So if a new cube was put in for bar storage and you didn't directly catch them in the moment and say, hey, actually, we got this extra storage. You need to put it over here. There's always gonna be space for it now because we have these extra ones. You can't expect them to process it. Yes, it's so obvious and simple and it's right there and it's hard to miss and and like, it should be obvious. But guys, if you didn't tell those people specifically, hey, now we've got this extra thing. Do you see it there? Do Do you notice it? It's a new thing. And that, that means there should never be a bar on the ground because there's always going to be a spot there for you to put a bar. Like, like, don't just be like, ah, these idiot members are these idiot clients. Like, yeah, no, did you communicate to them clearly because they're paying you money because they've acknowledged, I don't know what I'm doing fully on my own and I need support and help. And maybe it's just because they like you, but you got to go to the lowest common denominator, which means, Hey, you probably got to take some ownership of those little things. And that's a micro example. But it's a, it's a mental shift there. If you shift in being like, if I see somebody put it down, I'm not going to rag on them and give them a hard time. I'm going to come over and be like, Hey, we actually have this thing, Da da da. It changes how you approach everything that you do and you stop blaming things on other people. Um, that is, and, and I'll say this before I kind of finish the point, you all have your superpowers that help with this. So for me, my superpower is or or experience whatever is i worked in special olympics before this and and i think we talked about this on the q and a call a couple of weeks ago like when you coach special olympics you never are in the mindset of like ah why don't they just get this thing right like you <laughs> you understand that these are special needs athletes yeah. and that the onus is on you if they don't understand what you're asking them to do or coaching them it's your fault that you didn't coach it clearly enough and so I had that sort of mentality fucking just pounded into my skull because it was how I coached for the first couple of years before I, before I switched over to fitness. And that's like a superpower. I never go into a situation being like, man, why don't they get it? I, I just have this default. Like if it's not clicking and form, it's on me and you got to find a way to do it. That whole thing of ownership, we all get it. We all buy into it. We just need that self-awareness to make sure we're still there because default, It pulls you away from it and you just got to catch yourself when you're blaming shit on other people because that ain't no way to be, man. So anyway, that's my bit.
0: Yeah. And, and that, you know, I remember first reading that extreme ownership book, however many years ago and really, really keeping myself to task on, on implementing that into my coaching, into my leadership and boy, does it make a difference you know and and ever since it it really i I take notice of how often coaches or people in general really are just like so quick to make fun of or get frustrated with people when really like be frustrated with yourself mm-hmm. right like be frustrated with the situation, <clears throat> be frustrated that you you are having a hard time connecting and helping that person learn the movement or whatever it is what you know whatever elicited response we're looking for and use that as as a way to expand your toolbox right like so here's a learning opportunity i get to learn with somebody you know i I have a, a, a situation that's in front of me that i haven't encountered before having a hard time navigating it instead of saying why the fuck is this person so difficult? Because
2: <laughs> like, then there's nothing to do for yeah, that. There, right? There's, there's nothing, nothing to go to forward from there. You
0: have nothing in your court that you can control. Yeah. Um, the, but when you take the viewpoint of, oh, I'm not, doing, I'm not doing a great job of connecting with this person, how do I fix that? Yep. Yeah. Changes,
2: changes everything. And, you know, it's funny you, you bring up. So I think a lot of this was brought up because I'm rereading Extreme Ownership right now. The first time I read it, it was a very transformative book for me. I had the thought that I'm um, that again, not because oh I think him, but I think overall it would really help one of our coaches. So I signed it to him to read. And tomorrow, in fact, we're going to do a walk and talk, and we're going to talk about the book and what you learned from it. So I had this chuckle. I didn't really have it this time, but I remember the first time. Per what you're talking about, Mike, Extreme Ownership. I, I think it's a really great book, and I and I recommend it to everybody. I, it, it helped, and maybe just because it helped me a lot. But what you will notice is it's all about ownership. And it gives examples of people not taking ownership and all that. And I remember the first time I listened to it, the first third of the book, because they go through all these like quick examples. Every example they gave brought my mind to somebody else in my life and how they didn't take ownership of a situation. The whole person in <laughs> the book, like, I wasn't <laughs> clicking yet. So I'm you're, like, you're reading oh this and thinking God, like, dude, they're talking about something. I'm like, yeah. Cause that person, I remember they did not take ownership there. What a punk. And then you, and then finally, by the halfway point it, it had shifted and it was all back on me. But right. like, I have to chuckle that like the first few times it has to like break you down. Cause you're like, yeah, yeah. look at those jackasses. And then it's like, no, no, no. It's you, man. It's you like, bring you're it back. Jackass. Bring it back. So, I, I had to bring that up. That was one of my favorite memories about that book, the uh, the first time I read that. But I had the the awareness and the aha. But yeah, great yeah. book and recommend it if you haven't read it yet. It'll it'll yeah. help you get your shit together if that's and what you if that's what you need.
0: I'm glad that you brought that up because that that was my weekly message to my my staff was just like, hey man, let's be okay with failure. Let's be okay with screwing up. I am. I'm okay with you screwing up. Yeah. But let's do it in the right way. And I think giving people that permission and, and, and letting them know, like changing their perception of, of a screw up or a failure and allowing them to do it, and, and then no, letting them know, like, we're going to sell, we're, we're going to actually celebrate our failures and our screw ups because that means that we're just one, if we do it right, we're one step closer to a tight ship. or you know better processes and better client experiences so
1: the other thing with that for you mike and your staff is that when it starts at the top and you say that kind of shit and like set that tone it makes it so it's like a safe like not to be foofy but like a safe work environment because some people i know will work in like a non-safe like we'll call it work environment where people do not set expectations and then flip the fuck out on people and then when they do mess up they don't want to tell or admit it right like and it's like you know what i mean it's like oh so-and-so's here we got to button up like that kind of shit so i think that's cool too
0: yeah keep it loose and that's really like that leads right into what i was going to talk about this week and that's you know as coaches um as in, in any kind of leadership role like not forgetting the fact that you are a facilitator Right, And there there is that aspect of coaching where you are a facilitator. And what I mean by that is, um, you know, as a younger coach, I had a very rigid approach to programming. I had a very rigid and kind of boxed in view in my head as to what I was going to expect out of my clients during their sessions and through a program. Um, and then kind of realizing, And strength, you know, coming out with Strength Faction and and being around you guys so much, I think Chris's approach to programming really opened my eyes to that, you know, exactly how far you should go with that role as a facilitator and not telling them, hey, this is the exact exercise you're going to do. Give them options, right? Let people have a say in how their experience goes down Give them the opportunity to choose, make some choices and and give power to them during your experience, and then watch the magic happen, right? Mm-hmm. Like instead of saying, hey, we're gonna we're gonna do x exercise and this, this, and this. say, hey, we're gonna work in this movement pattern. Here are some choices. You know, let's pick a let's pick a a uh, load a loading pattern and uh, work that for through this block instead of you know here's one choice have fun nobody likes that shit and and likewise you know in on the in the leadership role if if we're looking at like working with a team facilitate your team my job you know like i i've i've been pretty clear in my role here in the six months i've been here like right from the get go, like I don't have the answers, I have, a, I have a lot of experience and I have a lot of um, insight that I could share. I'm certainly not here to tell you exactly how to do your job. I'm going to communicate with you clearly and, and timely and give you all the information you need to know about what our objective is. Uh, I'm going to work as hard as I can to give you all the tools that you need to to get that job done and then I'm going to be here with open ears to answer questions and work with you to figure out how how you could best get that job done but I'm not going to say hey all right you know here's the exact playbook on how this is going to get done right so again you know that's kind of that kind of is a parallel to how we program in the strength faction, work with our clients, like give them choices, give them the power and the tools that they need to succeed, and then let them have a
1: role in how this plays out. To that point, something that I'll do with that, Mike, is in a one-on-one environment, initially, I don't really give them as many choices because it's more like they're learning a lot of shit. But once I've had someone for like, I don't know, however long my coach's eyes deems fit that they have done a lot of variations or whatever of an exercise. I'll say like I'll say to someone at the end of a block, like, hey, listen, we're keeping these uh, single leg deadlifts in your next phase. I'll be like, which one do you like better? Do you like going, you know, double bell or do you like doing that landmine version? And like people like engaging in that, you know, at least right. some of my people like, you know, I really enjoyed the landmine because and I'm like, great, let's do it. It's still a single leg, you know, hip dominant, da da da, da. Great. And they they feel like they're part of the process as well. So that's cool. Like, yeah. And I found it really
0: helps them kind of see how programming works too.
1: Right. Like big picture. Like, yeah. Right. Like here's the forest, here's the trees. And I used to be the same way, Mike, with the rigidity. I'm like, no, they have to do it like yes. this. But it's like, okay, like this is one, a general population client. So just get them in here consistently. You know, we'll come up with a four week phase. We'll stick with this variation of this thing for four weeks. They're gonna get stronger. Who like, I don't if it's double bell front rack or suitcase or goblet, great as long as it's inducing yep. overload in yep. some capacity and it looks kosher, cool. Like you know, versus yeah. it has to be like this and then like this and then like this. But yeah, yeah
0: and, and as coaches as leaders, how much experience do you rob yourself of by putting people in boxes? Yeah, you know, it's like it's it's a it it doesn't show trust it lacks creativity and it's it's creates stress right it's got
2: it's got got almost like a scarcity mindset behind it
0: right right but like even in the short time that i've been working with a full team here i've learned so much because i've given them the license to be like hey why don't we do this yeah cool i never thought of that Mm -hmm. that works great and and these are the people that are actually servicing the majority of the sessions here. They're working with the teams. They're working with the Gen Pop clients. They know what the logistics flow like during these sessions. Um they know how the how the clients feel about about what we're doing in here and, and what's working and what's not. So who am I to say, well, this is how we have to do it. And you know we had a we had a programming meeting for our hockey uh, you know, we work with a couple hockey clubs and uh it's stressful because it 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 stresses our uh logistic side, you know, with with uh equipment <clears throat> space, time, all that is, is yeah. stressed pretty hard because of the volume of kids that are in here. And then we got other programs going on at the same time, and I don't see all of that, you know. So I could sit here and say, okay, this is what we got to do here, here, and here. And my coaches are like, what the fuck are you talking about, man? Like, <laughs> that that's not going to work.
1: <laughs> to that point, I'm going to echo what I said earlier in that. Even if, even if you know, your coaches are in a group and you're talking about program design for your teams or whatever, and you veto something, you're like, eh, like, people still feel heard. So once again, it goes back to people right. feel safe, uh, like, saying how they feel about something. And half the time, like, I might say this, this person might say that and we meet somewhere in the middle, but at least we had a conversation. And it was right. like, nope, we're not doing that. It's like mm-hmm. you, can, you can have the ability to have conversation with leadership and make decisions as a team and not just authoritarian, you know, nope, this is what's happening. I don't give a shit. Like, so that's cool, too. And then go back to what Ross said about
0: giving people a why. Mm-hmm. Right? So, like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to veto that. Here's why.
1: Right. Right. It's and not just, learn. nope, that's dumb. It's, yeah. it's just why. Listen, I get where your head's at with exercise or variation x but it's not going to work but this is why i don't think it's going to work how yeah. do you feel about that or whatever well
2: that's because what matt you you receive a message of <coughs> of you you're going to receive one of two messages one message is just you're wrong the other message is that's a good way of thinking this is a thing that you just weren't aware of that will prevent that from working but like keep following that thought path yeah but now you've got to know this that's why we're vetoing it now that you're aware of this, keep going down that thought path because you might figure something out, right? Like it allows them and encourages them to keep thinking. It doesn't make them feel that they were wrong or it was inappropriate to make that suggestion. It just like changes the whole mood of everything,
0: right? Right. And, mm-hmm. and more, more times, more often than not, they're right in the context that, in which they saw the situation. Yeah. They just didn't see the whole situation.
2: And that's mm-hmm. your job is to help them do that. Right, <laughs>
0: right. Like, Right. So go back to like facilitate, give a learning experience (laughs) instead of being like, God, I can't believe I have to deal with these fucking dumb people.
1: I can tell you as someone who's been a staff member briefly of somewhere where it was the latter and it was it was horrible for a lot of reasons. Yeah. Right. Are you talking about Rebel West? No, not no, no, <laughs> no, not at all. But I, I, I literally, I'll give you an example here is one story. I literally heard the main person saying, as this coach came in, oh, this fucking guy, he has everybody doing it like this. I'm like, have you had the conversation? Have you, right, right. At the expectation? Have you said, here's well, no, he's just going to keep doing it like that. I'm like, you don't know that. Right? Yeah.
0: Anyway. Not a very successful approach there. mm what a great talk, boys. I feel like we're just, I feel like our, our cycles are sinking because
2: <laughs> we're spending oh. enough
0: time talking and everything seems to be flowing one into the
2: other. I was going to say,
1: that yeah, that was a good one too. Yeah, Yo, you know how like today? basic chip people will be like, Mercury's in retrograde. Well, whatever the opposite of that is, that's what I feel like. With <laughs>
0: this. By basic people, do you mean me, Wes?
1: No, I mean I'm basic. I like I'm pumpkins. Big into that stuff. I like candles. I like fall, all that happy horse shit. So I'm, I'm you're a pumpkin spice dude. Oh yeah, big time. I don't drink coffee, but I drink PSLs and GBLs. So pumpkin dude, spice lattes, how, and red lattes. I think this is important. So this should stay in the recording. How was the pumpkin
2: spice kombucha? Isn't that what you had? Jeez no, I did not. Christ. I did
1: not. They don't make that, but I wish they did. However, okay, however I am a big fan. That's a real thing. Uh, no, I haven't found one yet. If it was, trust me, I'd have them in my fridge. But uh, <laughs> probably, I'd probably be drinking one right now. No, but what they do have uh, is the pumpkin beers. And what I like to do is get the glass, put water on it, dip it in cinnamon sugar, and put the beer in. And it's called, I call it a cinnamon rim job. And it's so good. But that is. Getting, it's like <laughs> pumpkin pie.
0: That is interesting West, i'm not much in, of a beer drinker but. living
2: in 2032 man yeah, yeah it's
1: delicious yeah
0: yeah i also learned today that there are chocolate churro cinnamon toast crunch cereals out there
1: that sounds oh, a for for my, great. For my i think my
0: kids
2: need to try that and we need to have a box of it in this house for my kids right not you no, my kids. No, you had 11 o'clock at night.
1: Yeah, we bought, it for, yeah. We bought it for the kids.
0: <laughs> we bought it for the kids. Yeah. We have a robust cereal collection at home. You got it. And about 5% of it is for my kids. Yes. The rest is.
2: That's awesome.
0: The rest is for me. BPC likes the, likes the cereal. Boys, great talk uh listeners thanks for chiming in well i guess they didn't chime in did they we chimed in they <laughs> listened in right um, nah, but they
2: they definitely laughed at some point in time so to those of you who listen this and laughed at any point thanks for chiming in
0: yeah share with a friend for every laugh you had share with a friend okay. boys uh we'll see each other in a couple weeks here can't yeah, wait Forward to it yeah thanks for uh tuning in guys uh we'll be back in two weeks with another episode of quick hits
2: quick hits
0: take her easy till then Bye-bye. bye
2: bye